Henshin Inspection presents Going Ultra. This is MJ. I'm an author. I'm an I'm an ultra. <laughs> I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Going Ultra. Visit mjmunoz.com/gu for notes and links. And don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help me grow. So I'm having a lot of technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on, but all my apps are breaking and I do everything uh, for my review stuff on my phone. I uh, take screenshots, I download images, I edit them in you know image apps. I have a collage app that I use. I have a app that I use for recording uh, videos and stuff. Actually, I'm using a, a audio recorder right now, HiQ MP3. It has not broken. Uh, so a little shout out to the HiQ people because, well, their stuff is good, uh, apparently, and it's not breaking. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know what's going on with the rest of my stuff, but that's not what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about uh, Ultraman Z Episode 7, and I actually, this is a second recording because I just wasted a lot of time in the previous one, and uh, I don't want to do that. That's not who I want to be, so I'm trying to trim this up. I put a lot of thought into this and into reformatting it, and everything was all set to go, and then it didn't work. Anyway, this is episode 7 of Ultraman Z, His Majesty's Medal. It was originally aired August 1st, 2020. The writer was Sotaro Hayashi, who wrote the previous episode as well, and the director for both 6 and 7 is Koichi Sakamoto. So, I have... Uh, I have a new a new format that I wanted to go over. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to do it without my notes, but I'm going to try. So I've got uh, basically nitpicks, um, flashy stuff that I liked from the episode, and then more substantive or deeper things that I liked uh, or that I want to talk about. Not necessarily that I liked, but that drew my attention and I, I feel deserve uh, some conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now, two minutes into the recording. So my one nitpick is that I don't know how uh, Yoko was able to fight, uh, and Haruki as well, how they were able to fight against those uh, androids. We saw Hibikura knock them down, but he also got shot, and he was fine, uh, because he's juggler. He's not just a regular dude. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that Yoko and Haruki have training, they're normal humans, and we see Haruki punch one of them in the chest plate, and his hand hurts, and he's kind of you know, having difficulty doing any damage to them. Uh, Yoko as well struggles. I don't remember, did they get guns? How did they end up fighting them in, in the, uh, in the lab? I don't remember, or not in the lab, but regardless, you know, it was in the lab. That's where, that's where, um, my man Riku got kidnapped from. Anyway, I don't know. So there's a little bit of inconsistency there. Uh, I was actually waiting for them to pull out weapons of some sort. Um, you know, they have, you know, guns that they use later on in the second fight against the, uh, <laughs> the ultra ultra putties that's what i'm going to call them um and you know that was cool and it was interesting and it made sense that they were having to fight them with that of course um when we had z transform into human size uh and take over uh, haruki's body he was able to use his you know ultraman strength and his ultraman powers and weapons and whatnot against them and that was pretty cool to see but i just don't get why they were able to fight against them and uh, Yoko being left, like, it almost felt like, like, I don't know, it almost felt like she was left to herself to deal with them when neither she nor Haruki could really deal with them. He had to turn into Ultraman, and, uh, you know, then he had to go and rescue her. So, I mean, overall, is it really a nitpick? It is. I, it's a nitpick. I, I'm being, uh, I'm being judgy and picky about something that I don't really, you know, have to be. So, anyway, uh, on to the posi positive flashy stuff that I really enjoyed. 
Uh, I loved seeing Ultraman Z in human size. That was super cool. Uh, my first uh, full Ultraman series, I guess you could say, was season one of uh, the Ultraman Netflix anime made from the uh, 2011 uh, manga. Uh, it's an adaptation of that, and he's human size for some strange reason, despite the fact that Ultraman in the past, his dad, uh, Shin Hayata, was gigantic. So um, Shinjiro, or, or whatever his name is, uh, he, got, he was a tiny Ultraman. And uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, we got to see a tiny Ultraman here with Z. So that was a lot of fun. I liked seeing. That. I liked the dance fight thing that he did uh, with Yoko uh, fighting those uh, those Ultra Putties. It was you know silly uh, and whimsical and fun. And I really enjoyed it. And I loved how she was swooning all over him. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I liked seeing the excuse me all the different Belial um, like monster forms that um, the Scavenger Dude was able to conjure. And I really like the idea of him having uh, cloned that, not him, but the parasite within him, having cloned that dark, uh, having cloned the Z-Riser, making a dark Z-Riser, and then he can, you know, forge dark metals off of it and whatever from monster scraps. And then this whole thing with him sucking those belly factors out of Riku and using them, that was really cool. And um, I just, I, one of the things I liked about it is that he's like making up names for them on the fly, sort of. And then the dark uh the riser is saying what the actual names of the of the kaiju are which was a pretty cool detail because um depending on how depending on how powerful the influence of the uh parasite is on him or how much it's controlling him or are there two minds working in there are they working together uh, or or what what's going on i'm not really sure um he would there would be certain information that he wouldn't have uh that the parasite has so uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it's just a nice little world-building detail. I, I always was bothered by, like, let's look at the viewing globe. This is such and such monster, and it has these powers. Well, how do you know that? How do you know what they call themselves? So um, that's a little, like, sci-fi techie, realistic type thing that was put in here, even though there's, you know, silly stuff. So um, that was all cool. Uh, I loved the sunset fight. It was an amazing looking fight. Seeing Zero come in was super cool. I actually have another nitpick about the whole time travel thing, the way he rescued himself with time. Ah, how's that possible? But I don't know anything about Zero, so maybe that's one of his powers. Anyway, uh, the fight was tremendous. I loved it. It looked great. All the different forms of, uh, of the kaiju, uh, of the Belial-based kaiju, were friggin' awesome, and it was super cool. So uh, I want to switch gears and dial down more into the substantive stuff that was in this episode, and I think um, there's an interesting tension going on with Juggler and Riku, and I gotta say, it was a little odd to me that they got so much play in this episode, or so much um, substantive play, I guess you could say, and I don't really know that I'm satisfied with the amount of stuff we're getting uh, it, as far as Riku's character is concerned, not Riku, uh, Haruki's character is concerned, I feel like there's not enough of him there in the show just yet. There's some things that are there. Maybe his promise to Riku is going to be a big uh, element of his character that textures him and helps me to understand who he is. Zero kind of says that he's you know very similar to Z, but you know how much do I know of Z? I know he's hot-headed and heroic and you know a little uh, <laughs> over-eager and things like that. So, I mean. What is that? <laughs> I mean, what is there beyond that? And and how, you know, do he and Haruki share those traits? And isn't it more interesting if they're different from one another as opposed to if they're super similar? I would think so. But uh, regardless, um, some of the deeper stuff, uh, you know, edging more into the henshin inspection territory uh, to me is that 
you know, Riku feels guilty because Jeed is a, as far as I understand, and this is spoilers or whatever, but they talked about it in uh, The Absolute Conspiracy, Jeed is a clone of Belial, the original Belial. And I think that's why he feels responsible for the devil splinters that are loose. And that's why he wants to deal with it. Um, of course, he only goes when Haruki assures him that he and Z will take care of it, which was a pretty cool moment, especially because he's able to let go and trust that um, that Haruki can take care of it. But I don't know if his show, I don't know if, if um, whatever his show would be called, named after him, he's Ultraman... Uh, Oh gosh, I'm totally blanking. Whatever Riku turns into, <laughs> I feel like such a jerk forgetting that. Anyway, um, you know, but he's forgetting. Uh, I'm sorry, he's not forgetting. I'm forgetting. He's he was responsible, or he feels a responsibility for the Devil Splinters because because they came from Belial, his father, who he's a clone of, and he wants to deal with that legacy and the the darkness in it, and he wants to rectify the negativity that came from his family line. So that's really cool that he wants to take that negativity, stop it, you know, from hurting other people and capture it. And I guess he had this stuff inside of him, but he'd had it harnessed in some way where it wasn't a big deal, which makes him more of a parallel to Juggler or makes Juggler more of a parallel to him where he says he's trying to become a good guy. He also says some stuff that makes me a little suspicious that he wants to find out what the mastermind behind all this stuff, the kidnapping and such is uh, up to, uh, and that could be because he's still a villain and he wants to capture his power source and maybe take over his plan or just enrich himself with it in some way, whether that's, you know, monetarily, metaphysically, uh, in his power level, whatever, I don't know how anything works in the world of Ultraman, uh, as far as the deeper things of the, of the universe like that, but, um, but then again, he could just also be trying to figure out what this guy's master plan is so that he can do good and be good, and the fact that he doesn't want Riku telling uh, the others that he's, you know, not Hibikura and that he's, you know, juggler instead. Um, that doesn't mean he's, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's villainous. It could just mean that it's like a private thing and he doesn't need them to know. Uh, just like Haruki's not telling all of them that he's Ultraman, um, unlike Shin Hayat in the Marvel <laughs> Trials of Ultraman. Um, but I don't know. It, it feels like Juggler's like trying to redeem himself, and in a way, Riku's trying to redeem himself because he's a clone. So he's trying to, you know, fix that. You get that. You're smart enough. I, I, I trust that you get it. Um, and it just that just seems really interesting to me, and I like it because there's kind of an examination of like what it means to change and what it means to reform oneself, what it means to become a hero or or a good guy. Simply put it, uh, uh, as Juggler said, and I find that very fascinating. And obviously, Riku's going on to his you know, to other adventures and he's had his own show. Uh, but we haven't seen, or I haven't seen enough of Juggler and we're getting introduced to this new character arc for him in this episode. So, uh, that's pretty interesting and I'm looking to see where it goes and how it develops, but I don't want it to happen at the, uh, um, at the cost of giving up time with Haruki to see him develop and grow as a character. Like he's got personality quirks and traits and, you know, oh, and stuff like that. But I just, I'm not sure about the rest of him, you know, and I'd like to see a little bit more of that. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up. It's a long wrap up. It's a long goodbye. It happens every night. Um, go ahead and please check out my review of the trials of Ultraman as well as radiant black issues one and two. Those are through swinging through comics. If you go to mgmooners.com slash STC, you can find those there. And, uh, if you check out my various channels, such as the Odyssey channel, uh, I did put up radiant black two there and I put up trials of Ultraman number one there. My, uh, my analysis of those after I read them, obviously, um, 
you can also check out my script for, well, no, you can do that over there. Forget about the script for now. Uh, I'm going to be working on a children's bedtime book that involves kaiju. And uh, I want to be able to release it sometime this year. I might have to crowdfund to uh, self-publish it at some point, but I'll definitely share that campaign. Um, but Ultraman's pretty inspiring uh, as far as how it frames heroism. And there's just some really neat, interesting, deep things that I kind of want to explore and flesh out. And I feel like uh, doing uh, doing children's books, um, you know, picture books, stuff like that, it creates a, like a unique opportunity, and I'm gonna kind of seize that in uh, tell a kind of Ultraman-inspired bedtime story type thing. Uh, but it won't be like you know, Mega Man because <laughs> that's already a thing. Uh, but you'll just see when it comes out. So anyway, uh, I would encourage you to check that stuff out. Um, check out my Odyssey. Follow me over on MeWe. There should be links to in the show notes to follow me there. You can see all. You know, I, I kind of put all of me over there so you can see the different things I'm talking about, you know, outside of Ultraman, up to and including Ultraman, but, you know, beyond that as well. And I don't really know what else I have to say. Uh, I want to encourage you to remember that you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero, and I leave you with peace and blessings, and until next time, folks, take care. One more thing real quick. I don't know how I'm going to get the video version out of this, but I definitely will have audio. If you like the video over the audio, I don't know what to tell you. I'm trying to solve these technical difficulties, but I'm going to get the audio uh, post-released as soon as I possibly can. And uh, I've got show notes and, like, I've got everything prepped. And I even have images that, uh, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's These technical difficulties are really weird, and I wish that they weren't happening. But uh, here we are. you got to roll on with things and uh, and make it work, right? If you want to get stuff done, you just got to make it work. I can't sit around and hesitate or something like that. That sort of sounds like what Riku said. <laughs>